my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Friday, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Right off the top, I'd like to let you guys, the listeners, know where you guys can go and follow along with the podcast. You can go to Facebook, follow along at Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Instagram at OMHC. FHFH podcast, which of course stands for All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House podcast. You can email me at omhcfhfh podcast at gmail.com and follow along on Twitter at omhcfhfh podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can download the Apple Podcast app, which I believe is free. You can go on iTunes. You can follow along on SoundCloud. And basically what you do is, if you download Apple Podcasts or go to iTunes, if you type in Full House, unfortunately the podcast isn't going to show up. But if you type in Oh My Lanta or Holy Chalupas, it should show up. I don't know. what. It's just really, you got to be so concrete with your wording. All right. If you're enjoying the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. All the reviews that this show gets helps it get noticed by other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right. Well, before I get into today's episode... Which, this is going to be a theme now that it's May. I'm doing a special theme for this month related to school. Usually what happens in May, you have prom. Then if you're a senior, you're graduating and moving on to college. So this is, we got two prom episodes. One from Full House, which is the one I'm talking about today. And then next week is going to be Fuller House Prom. And then after that, we're going to get the graduates from season four of Full House. And also, I believe, season six of Full House, Subterranean Graduation Blues, where Jesse's graduating from night school. And the graduates, Michelle's graduating from preschool, moving on to kindergarten. DJ's moving from junior high to high school. And poor Stephanie is only going from fourth to fifth grade. And she feels like she should also get some recognition for that. Which, everyone's graduating with her. So, she doesn't want to feel left out. She's already feeling left out. She's a middle child. So, yeah. But before I get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to someone who got the trivia question right. And that question was, what is the name of Kimmy's prom date? And also I put, if you do have a Hulu account, all eight seasons of Full House are available to watch to find out. The Wonder Years fan fiction got it correct. Gorilla Bernstein. So... Shout out to you, 
Great Eye, which you watch the episode, you're going to know who it is. Also, if you follow along on the Twitter Full House Fuller House podcast page, um, I did post a link to an interview with Michael Campion. I, of course, that wasn't me. That's a completely different Fuller, that's a Fuller House podcast that I posted a link to from YouTube. So if you guys want to listen to an interview with Michael Campion, um, Erica and Kyle, who hosted the Fuller House podcast, do an amazing job. They've actually been to tapings of the show, which is awesome. They get all the awesome behind-the-scenes footage. Now, keep in mind that these interviews were done back in 2016, so after the first season. So, um... I think, unfortunately, their, their podcast, they only did it, I think, until December of 2016, and that was pretty much it. But they got a lot of interviews, uh, also one from Jody Sweden, Elias Harger, who plays Max. They have two interviews from him, um, Juan Pablo, who plays Fernando, Adam Hagenboo, who plays Jimmy Gibbler, um, Ashley, I think it's Liao, who plays Lola, Sonny Bringus, who plays Ramona. Just a lot of cool interviews. Um, the two ladies, uh, one who played CJ, Steve's girlfriend, turned fiancé. Um, also, Crystal, who played the one episode Girlfriend of Matt for season two. So, a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of good interviews. Um, also, if you can check those all out on YouTube, or if you go to Podbean, down, download the Podbean app, and you can search Fuller House Podcast, and all those episodes are going to be up there for you to listen to, so check them out. <clears throat> Excuse me, another Full House Podcast that's up and running right now, Why Full House is the Greatest Show of All Time, and I believe it's run by Paige and... I think Alyssa. So it, it's a fun little, um, I think they're sisters. It's a fun sisterly, uh, duo. Or if they're not sisters, I think they're best friends, but it's really good. I really like it. There's another Full House podcast as well entitled The House Must Be Full. It's just, uh, a comedy podcast di- dissecting and celebrating the awesome weirdness of Full House, hosted by. Melita Little, I'm guess I hope I didn't mispronounce her name, but she actually does the podcast by herself, but has a guest on every week, which is really, really awesome. And she's got quite a few episodes up here. She, see, her podcast started actually just before Christmas of last year. She's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. She's got ten episodes out. She's not actually going in order, which is absolutely cool. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm not going in order either. I'm just picking and choosing my episodes and going by, you know, themes and everything like that. So I just think everyone's got their own way of how they want to do a full house podcast which is awesome the more podcasts of full house out there the better now why full house is the greatest show of all time this is hosted by Paige dewitt and Alyssa sabo sabo are lifelong full house fans most people are not well 
And that's very annoying. <laughs> this is them saying it. Full House is very good and deserves to be regarded as such. And this is the show that proves it. Yes, guys, I've listened to it. It's great. They are going in order through uh, season one. And let's see. They started their podcast. They started it back in... In August of last year. Okay, so they are on episode 19 now. So they are rocking. They just released an episode today, which I will listen to later. This is the one where Joey um, does a stand-up comedy. He's coming up on a deadline. No, wait. No, that's not it. Okay. Um, No, this is from season one. And this is the one that guest stars Phyllis Diller, who Joey goes to a comedy club. Phyllis Diller, of course, is in the audience. And the guy um, that is hosting this stand-up comedy night actually spots her like, Oh, Phyllis Diller, can you please come up here and tell some jokes? She does. She's been up there for like an hour and a half. She kind of takes Joey's slot. He gets up there. People start walking out. Joey's desperate. It's just... He feels bad. He's like, oh, I've been rejected. People walked out on my show. I'm going to become a banker. And it, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's a good episode. So, like I said, check those podcasts out. Um, I believe um, The House Must Be Full is a, um, that podcast is for, mat- like, mature audiences, you know, explicit um why the full house is the greatest show of all time is actually a clean podcast so like i said check them out the full house podcast that got me on board with podcasting and it's my inspiration for this show is the how rude podcast with john pernasek and brandon chockney and that is definitely an explicit podcast but they have all eight seasons of the show all up you can go to iTunes and check them out. So, all right, today, <laughs> sorry, today I'm going to be covering Full House season six, episode twenty-two, entitled "Prom Night," which aired on May fourth, nineteen ninety-three. And this episode, as DJ prepares for prom, she fears that Steve may have resurfacing feelings for his old girlfriend Rachel. On the big night, DJ realizes that her suspicions may be accurate. As Rachel tries to get Steve, or she calls him Stevie, to escort her to an after party at the hotel. Meanwhile, we got Plot B here. Danny obsesses over the newly discovered age difference between Vicky and him. It's like nine months. It's nothing. Come on, Danny. Has anything about Vicky changed other than nine months? difference in your age come on man we got some trivia the first song that jesse and the rippers play at the prom is a very contemporary romantic version good vibrations by the beach boys it, it's it's really not that great <laughs> so this episode's got a 7.3 out of 10 based on 132 ratings it was directed by joel zwick writers jeff franklin the creator writer adrian armstrong and Writer Marty Cook. We got some connections. Prom night episode title. A giant leap. Fuller House. A clip is shown of DJ Tanner and Steve Hale saying they love each other and kissing at the prom. I remember that episode. 
All right, we got some goofs here. Continuity. When the blue-shirted twin starts to eat his ice cream, he holds a large glob of it near his mouth. In the next shot, the glob is smaller and closer to the bowl. Well, they probably had to do multiple shots, and no kid is going to be able to stuff a large amount of ice cream into their mouth as much as they probably would want to. All right, errors made by characters. While playing Go Fish, Vicky had three threes. She should have played her pair of threes during her turn. Well, then why don't you go get on the show and tell her to do so? Come on, buddy. I know. I know. They're being really overly critical. (laughs) I haven't played Go Fish. I have, like, multiple decks of cards, and I've... Very, we Jeremy and I rarely ever play cards together, but I'm like, hey, we could play Go Fish, and then all of a sudden it's like it's been like 25 years since the last time I played, and I'm like, gosh, I don't even think I remember. I literally don't remember. I think it's like, yeah, you okay? So you have your cards. And you go around and you ask people, like, do you have this? Like, you're looking for pairs. And then if you don't, you, like, take from the pile or so. Oh, man. It's been so long. So, so long. I'm going to jump here with my quote. <laughs> um, definitely Jesse Katopoulos saying, who's Paul? Who's Paul? <laughs> he says ever. Uh, but I'll get to that when I get to that part. All right, guys. I am ready. Let's jump into this episode. Uh... Side note, I never went to prom. My two friends went together, but um, I never went. I I didn't really want to. I went to, like, homecoming my senior year, but that was it. Okay, so for the cold open here, this one's going to be a little different. You know how they just have a cold open, which usually involves Michelle, how it really doesn't tie too much into the episode? Actually, this one, they're going to continue the scene after the theme song plays. So that's interesting. I've never... All the times I've seen these episodes, I've never seen it done like that. But the Tanner family is hanging out around the coffee table, which would be hard on your back just sitting that low at a table. But um, Danny and Vicky are sitting on the floor right in front of the couch. Joey is to the right of Vicky by the chair, and Michelle is to Danny's left, and of course Stephanie is right next to Michelle. They're playing goldfish. So Stephanie's like, hey Michelle, you got any queens? And Michelle's like, go fish. Stephanie looks at her like, uh, I can see that you have queens. Give me your queens. You need to keep your cards close to your body so I can't see them. And (laughs) I like how Michelle's like, you need to keep your eyes close to your head. As in, why are you looking at my cards? I mean, I gotta hand it to Michelle. I mean, as as rude as it was, I mean, she's she's not wrong. (laughs) I'm like, Stephanie, why are you peeking at her cards? And even if you were, why would you admit that? I mean, she Stephanie's just one step away from reaching over and plucking those queens out of that 
pile of cards in Michelle's hand. I mean, if I were to look at, like, oh, go fish! Here! Here they are! Yoink! Thank you, Michelle! So Danny and Vicky both kind of smirk at Michelle's remark, but uh, Joey, of course, is like, uh, Michelle, you had to be honest about what cards you're holding in your hand. This is a game of trust. Which, of course, this goes into plot B. Honor and integrity. Okay, Joey, it's just a card game, guy. <laughs> Why are you throwing all this in here? And Michelle's right. She's like, you. she looks at them like, you guys sure know how to suck the fun out of card game, which, sure, but I mean, he, come on, Michelle, you gotta be honest when you're playing, otherwise you're not really playing fair. I mean, I know they let you get away with a lot of stuff, but come on, if you're not gonna play the game right, then you need to, like, stand up and, and walk away and let someone else play fair. So reluctantly, Michelle finally hands over the Queen's. And that is the cold open. So I want to quickly describe this theme song here. Because this is the theme song for season six. We got different footage this time around. It's still pretty much Danny's in the car wearing a red and white ba uh, baseball cap. We got Stephanie next to Danny. DJ's next to the door. She's riding shotgun. We got Jesse in the back with Michelle between him and Joey. Just like season one. They're all pretty much placed the same. But this is clearly... This shot is from... This is going to be season... Wait a minute. Yeah, this is season four, definitely. Because Stephanie is about nine years old. DJ is about 14. And... Little Michelle has got to be about three or four at this point. So, yeah, she's still in a, in a booster seat or a car seat. We got the family on the trolley here. We got Joey. He's wearing a white and blue, uh, dark blue striped sweatshirt. We got Jesse here. His outfit. He's got a mustard yellow blazer with blue je light blue jeans and a solid white short sleeve shirt. Looks like they went to, is it Sassy City? There's a pink shopping bag that Michelle is holding. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that's not Michelle. I'm sorry, that is Steph. Steph is holding that. Michelle is actually holding a little red bag, and she's wearing a jean jacket with a red shirt underneath. DJ, at this point, of course, you know she wears a lot of blazers with, like, a skirt. And hers is more of a brownish moss green color. Steph is wearing a dress that is white with like tiny blue polka dots. I couldn't really make out what Danny was wearing because by the time they all get off of it, I couldn't even tell what Becky was wearing. But Because by the time they get off the trolley, boom, we cut to the scene of them all running down the hill. Danny's... Er, ugh, I cannot talk today. Jesse is, this is the footage they use for Full House, for at least this one of Jesse with the canary yellow, or it's more of a cream white jacket with blue jeans sitting on a bench strumming his guitar. We got Danny, he's wiping off the windshield of, it's not, it's not Bullet from season one, it's 
Walter, I believe, he named his new car Walter, even though he's like, I'm not naming my car. And before he goes inside, he's like, goodbye, Walter. Which is funny because Stephanie has a fun uh, friend named Walter Berman. Danny being the Wake Up San Francisco TV show personality, he is wearing a buttoned up denim shirt underneath a brownish black looking blazer. Joey is like at the pier like he's sitting on one of those posts as we got a couple ships going by. He's taking off his glasses. He's wearing what looks like a caramel colored jacket with um a black collar and uh black wrist cuffs and a multicolored shirt. It's got swirls on it you can you can't really see it it's uh red with some different colored swirls like brownish like bluish and of course he's wearing blue jeans a lot of blue jeans a lot of jeans and we got dj candace cameron in her room she's got a desk she's got her phone she's got her bed behind her we see the pillow person propped up on a, her dresser drawer which i like her dresser is made out of white wicker but she is sitting at her desk. She's got a large round mirror and she's applying lipstick and she's kind of like putting her lips together, kind of smoothing the lipstick out. We cut to Stephanie, Jody Sweeten. She is in her room. It has not changed yet. I don't think it changes till at least season six. Um, so it's still white with the different like patterns with the multicolored, you know, circles and squares of blue, red, orange, yellow. She's got a yellow stereo that she turns on and she starts bopping to the music. And it's actually sitting on uh, the stereo. The It's like a little yellow boombox. And it's sitting on a red, a red metal shelf. Below it we have, it's not Mr. Bear, but it is a brown bear that's wearing like a red hoodie. And then there's a globe right next to it on the next shelf. Stephanie's got her bed and her desk behind her. I noticed she still has the ballerina poster from when... So basically, she got DJ's old bed because it's got the red metal headboard with the bars. And then, of course, she's got DJ's old desk that is right there. So I'm wondering what happened, you know, to Stephanie's old bed because it had this really cool pattern but you know emphasizing the girls are getting older so stephanie's got this um frilly black headband and then she's got this black dress that has like corn and strawberries and flowers and all different types of fruits on it i'm sorry guys if this is boring you i like to when we get a new intro i like to describe the pictures Alright, we got Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen. There's no and yet. We haven't gotten that far because I think that's towards the end, like the last, what, two seasons of the show? As Michelle, and she's wearing, I believe, the same outfit she wears in The Long Goodbye from season six. She is in the kitchen and it's this rug that they have here, this elongated oblong rug 
it's a woven rug. There's no kitchen table. It must be really far back because she's like pulling on like a sock with Comet. She's like playing tug of war and then she smiles. But she's got this red dress with a white collar and she's got like different colored buttons like yellow and black and white. Michelle does. All right, we got Lori Laughlin. She is wearing beige colored. Is that a skirt or khakis? But anyway, she's also wearing a red button-up shirt. She's standing outside, and she's smelling the flowers, and that's when she looks up, notices the camera's on her, and smiles. All right, Andrea Barber is Kimmy Gibbler. She is at the Tanner house right outside that door, looking through the mailbox, and she looks up like, hey, I'm just checking their mail, like I do, the big snoop that I am. And Kimmy is wearing a white light blue mustard yellow red stripe inside the mustard yellow so a striped shirt multicolored very nice all right scott wenger as steve he is helping himself to some pickles and a plate full of something that's wrapped in saran wrap and he's like oh don't mind me i'm just dj's boyfriend just filling up because you know i gotta bulk up i'm a wrestler i need that protein i need that energy now, the twins who play Nikki and Alex Katsopoulos, Jesse and Becky's twin boys, do not have a credit just yet. We see Jesse on the living room floor. He's wearing jeans, a red vest over a white t-shirt. The boys are dressed, one is dressed in an orange long sleeve shirt, and the other one that's closer to Jesse's chest is dressed in a yellow shirt. It's really, really cute. The kid, he's just tickling them. The kids are loving it. They're so cute. And then, of course, we close out the theme song with Jesse, Joey, and Danny all sitting on the edge of the dock there. Danny's wearing his typical maroon turtleneck with a burgundy red and fuchsia colored striped v-neck sweat uh sweater we got jesse wearing a baby blue blazer over a lot of white t-shirts a lot of white t-shirts he's wearing black slacks which could be black jeans and white shoes we got oh joey you are doing the sweatshirt over and tied in front of the chest typical look he's wearing blue jeans he's also got a moss green colored shirt yeah it must have been warm like i'm taking this off i'm wrapping it over my shoulders i'm tying it off against my chest looks nice guys although danny for this must have been season four I'm guessing, because Danny, one of the hairstyles of Danny, I didn't like, I didn't care for. It was like parted on the side and kind of combed, and it just, I didn't, it's his hair, and he needed a haircut. In season six, it's shorter, it's a lot nicer. And of course, we close out the final of them having a picnic on a windy day. They got a blanket, they got a football, and the girls are all hanging out. Everyone's hanging out, having a great day. I love how Becky is just reclining back against Jesse. And Jesse, of course, being the cool uncle, he's got the black shades on. All right. We got a shot of the Bay Bridge. A nice uh, 
Stock footage here. Alright, so we're continuing the game here as we have DJ and Steve walking through. Ready to go shopping for dress. Well, DJ's ready to go shopping. Of course, Steve's the one with the car, so he's got to take his girlfriend and get... It's not like shopping for a wedding dress. Your spouse or your fiancé is not going to come with you to get a wedding dress. But it's just a prom dress, so he should be good. But then again, no boyfriend well, or what would want to do this. This just seems like something that would be very boring to them. Unless they're into it. I mean, it's cool. You know, I'm not speaking for everybody here, so. Oh, he's taking DJ and Kimmy. Kimmy has got the best style. She's got this jean jacket that's got like a white swirl on the bottom of the sleeve. Of one of the sleeves. And like a orange yellow star just below the collar. And then it looks like um, black and white um, block. Almost like, uh, and the same on the, the hem of the jacket too. It's almost like those checkered flags. Of course, I mean, DJ's got to have a credit card to put this dress on. You know that dress is probably going to be over $100. I love Danny's response when DJ asks for the credit card. He's like, oh, go fish. And, of course, DJ quotes the, can't leave home without it. Meaning the credit card. I want to look up and see what slogan. I know that's a slogan, but I'm not. Is it the American Express card, maybe? Okay, so it was an American Express, don't leave home without it. Okay, so then DJ and Kimmy are... Okay, this is season six. She was starting high school in season five, the beginning of season five. So that's 10th grade, then they gotta be juniors. Although she doesn't start her, ju her senior year until season eight. Because I thought that, okay, so DJ was still in elementary school in grade 6. She starts junior high in grade 7, so 7, 8, 9 would be junior high, and then 10th grade would be high school for her. I think that's the same way it worked for with Kevin Arnold in The Wonder Years. Every school is different. When I started 6th grade, that's when I started junior high, or middle school. So, of course... Kimmy and Stephanie, they got their digs on each other. It's just playful. They never really are out there to hurt one another. So Stephanie's like, so Kimmy, you were able to uh, snag a senior so they could get take you to the prom, huh? How much did you pay him? And Steve says, surprisingly, that uh, no, uh, some guy in his metal shop named Gorilla Bernstein, he uh, hooked Kimmy up with him metal shop gorilla bernstein yeah he's really sweet he made us matching belt buckles out of magnets kimmy's like oh he's really sweet he made us matching belt buckles out of magnets and the guy is a sweet guy when we meet him he's a sweetheart of a guy i mean he's got the glasses he's got the slicked back hair he may look a little nerdish and everything like oh he takes metal shop but and kimmy's like oh i can't wait to slow dance with this guy because this guy is just her speed. Just her kind of weird. I love this jacket that she, Kimmy is wearing. I think it's def- That circular, like, 
white and black. You know what that makes me think of? One of the intros to the old Twilight Zone show from the 60s. But I think that her outfit is definitely going to be in the running for the best outfit of the episode. Alright, Danny finally hands over his credit card, which was, what, in his pocket? <laughs> and the girls and Steve are out. Of course, before they leave, Jesse comes down the stairway. And Kimmy's got a list of songs. Oh, Mr. Moldy Oldie, since you're DJing... Or since you're going to be performing at the dance. Here's a list of songs that us kids actually listen to. None of your boring old 60s Beach Boy Elvis stuff. We don't, we're not into that. And this was 93, so I'm kind of curious. What songs were big songs? I'm going to look that up and see what were some of the big songs that everyone was. Because I don't think the Macarena was out yet. That might have been, what, 96, 97? Alright, I got some songs. Billboard Hot 100 for 1993. Of course, I Will Always Love You, which is actually sung at the end of this episode, of course, by Jesse and one of his uh, singers up there. So we got I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. We got Womp, There It Is by Tag Team. If you've seen D2, The Mighty Ducks... That's where I heard that song from. I probably heard it before that, but that is definitely where it's like, to me, that's where I, okay. I can't help falling in love with you. You be 40. That's the way love goes, Janet Jackson. If I ever fall in love, Shay. Dream lover, Mariah Carey. Let's see. I'm just kind of going through stuff that I know. In the still of the night, I'll remember, boys to men. Don't walk away, Jade. Let's see. If by Janet Jackson. A Whole New World. Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. Okay, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's see. I'll Never Get Over You Getting Over Me. I'm going to like listen to some of these for a minute on uh, YouTube and see if they uh, come uh, come up. Okay, so I looked up some one of them and like definitely no, this would not be a song. It's kind of depressing. Um, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. As soon as I played that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this song! Yes! I don't know why when I heard it, I'm like, I thought this came out like 96, but we have River Dreams by Billy Joel. I'm gonna be 500 miles by the Proclaimer. Gonna be by yeah, I know that one. Okay. I have nothing. Okay, so this is from the Bodyguard soundtrack because the Bodyguard came out in 93. So, of course, of course, they're going to play I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Rod Stewart, Have I Told You Lately? I remember that. Oh, I like this song. I Do Anything for Love, but I Won't Do That. That's by Meatloaf. Tina Turner, I Don't Want to Fight. Will you be there, Michael Jackson? That's from Free Willy. Well, I mean, it was in, you know, that was the theme from Free Willy, but I mean, that song was before the movie, so. Bobby Brown, good enough. All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. Better of Roses, I love that song by Bon Jovi. Jeremy was playing it like a week or so ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this song. He's like, you don't know that song. I'm like, I know this song. I love this song. Got Mary J. Blige, Real Love, Crying by Errol Smith, Cats in the Cradle, Ugly Kid Joe. PLC was big then, What About Your Friends, Deeper and Deeper, Madonna, Rain Madonna. 
When She Cries by Restless Heart. Yep, that was a country song. Because I listened to a lot. Of... Oh, How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights. What is Love? To Love Somebody by Michael Bolton. Give It Up, Turn It Loose by En Vogue. All right, Crisscross. Fields of Gold by Sting. Okay. Hey, Jealousy by Jim Blossoms. Yes. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all of them, guys. I probably already bored you. Like, we get it. We got it. We know what songs were big in 93. Well, I was surprised by some of these. Not because I don't think that they shouldn't be in the top whatever, but there's some I don't know, but there's some that, like I said, with Runaway Train, how I thought that was, like, later 90s and not, like, 93. So, yeah, Jesse just takes, like, oh, thanks, Kimbo. I'll give that some consideration. As soon as she walks out the door, he rips that list up, like... (laughs) Forget it. Forget it. No, I'm not even going to pay attention to this. So the reason Jesse came downstairs, of course, is to grab Joey. Like, hey, Joey, we got a radio show to do. We got to get to work. Because uh, they're playing Go Fish. <laughs> well, it's time to go work, Jesse says. I like that little ad lib there. So Joey gets up from the sitting on the floor and he's like, yeah, I'm a little too old for this. Hey, Michelle, tonight, your room. We're playing Candyland. I played Candyland with Jeremy because I, like, bought it, like, last fall. I'm like, oh, this was only $10. So we play it, and I'm like, I'm looking like, okay, is this all there is to this game? Seriously? Because I don't think I'd, I hadn't played it since I was, like, maybe eight. I'm like, this is a boring game. All you're doing is flipping colors over and moving your piece to, like, the, the colors. I'm like, there's no strategy there's no nothing there's no obstacles there's no it's i don't know i'm like oh why did i buy this stupid thing <laughs> come on joey come up with something better there's got to be a better game than Candyland. i mean yeah i know it's a classic it's a favorite so now it's just down to danny vicky michelle and stephanie playing the game and Danny's like, Vicky, do you have any threes? And she's like, yes, of course I do. She pulls them out, hands them to Danny. And Danny uses this as an example. Like, see, Michelle, it's always good to be honest and fair. Of course, Vicky has to like, um, uh, Danny, you know, while we're on this truth thing, this whole honesty kick, I have something I have to admit to you. So I am going to play this clip. Vicky, do you have any threes? Yes, I do. Ah, now see that, Michelle? Vicky knows the truth is very important. Isn't that right, Vicky? Uh, Danny, since this truth thing's come up, there is something that's been bothering me. Uh, remember when we first met on the set of Wake Up San Francisco and I told you that I was a year younger than you? Well, the truth is, I was off by two years. <laughs> You're three years younger than me? <laughs> I'm robbing the cradle. I love that. <laughs> Not exactly. Um, I'm actually one year older than you. Older? You love that too, Dad? So, Vicky tells him, remember the time that we met on the set of Wake Up San Francisco? Um, well, I lied about my age. I'm actually, we have a two-year age difference. And Danny's like, oh, really? You're three years younger than me. Well, she says I was off by two years. He's like, oh, you're three years younger than me. I'm robbing the cradle. He's kind of nudging her with his elbow. 
And she's like, no, actually, I'm a year older than you. And Stephanie perks up at this, like, oh, you like that too, Dad? And Danny is just shocked, like, wait, what? And we'll get to hear more on that a little later, because now we go to, is this that sassy city place? It's just a store in the mall that um, they, the girls are trying on dresses for prom. We get a senior prom special, 20% off, get all formal, oh, off all formal wear, okay. Oh, and there's a MasterCard Visa sticker on the front of the counter, so that way you know you can use, if you don't have cash, you can use a credit card. For a dress, you probably are. I mean, those dresses are going to be expensive. No one's got like $60 in cash or $100 in cash. Well, maybe. But this was the ni 90s. I would not be carrying that kind of cash on me. I don't even carry cash on me now. So, the camera kind of focuses on Steve. He's kind of like, uh, picking at his fingers or just kind of like, eh, one finger's bigger than the other. So he, he's bored. He's bored, which is understandable. He's a teenage guy. He's doing his girlfriend and her friend a favor by taking them to look at dresses because he's got a car and they do not. Ooh, the store even has a six-month layaway available. Now, I cannot talk. DJ comes out dressed in this black dress. It's really tight on her. It's, um, like a th the top half is kind of a see-through th uh, threadbare material. She looks stereotypical for, like, the 90s and everything. And she's like, hey, Steve, what do you think of my dress? And Steve's like, oh, yeah, it's it's nice. There's no enthusiasm whatsoever. Of course, DJ says, you've said that about every dress that I've tried on. So I'm going to play this clip. As we are going to see Steve's ex-girlfriend, who is also shopping for dresses at the same place. Which, I'm surprised they didn't see her earlier. Which, maybe she got in before they did. But Kimmy's a bloodhound. She's... Scoop this out right or right away. Oh, what do you think? Huh? Oh, nice. You've said that about every dress I've tried on. Well, Beach, what am I supposed to say? How about stunning, alluring? <laughs> I can't say those things here. What if somebody hears me? <laughs> hey, Beach, come here. <laughs> okay, I've got good news and bad news. Well, actually, I only have bad news, but I didn't want to bum you out too much. Steve's ex-girlfriend's in there. Rachel Taylor? Are you sure it's her? Stevie! Rachel! It's her. You know, I need your opinion on something. What do you think of this dress? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's stunning, really. It's, it's alluring. It's, um, uh... The same dress I'm wearing. Oh, right. It's nice. <laughs> um, Rachel, this is, uh, Kimmy Gibbler and DJ Tanner, my, um... Girlfriend. <laughs> the old girlfriend. The new girlfriend. Smell the tension. <laughs> Stevie, listen, um, a bunch of us were in a room at the hotel, you know, where we're having the prom, and, uh, we're gonna party all night. You guys wanna come? Yeah, sure, yeah, that sounds like something that we, uh, um would not be interested in. Sorry. That's too bad, because it's going to be wild. Well, 
I gotta run. You know, I really do love this dress. So, you gonna get that dress too? So let's back this up. Uh, DJ is like, you've said that about every dress that I've tried on. He's like, well, DJ, what do you want me to say? And she's like, you're supposed to say it's stunning or alluring. And of course, Steve's like, well, I can't say that in here. So Kimmy comes out of the dressing room and she is wearing a red scoop neck top with these look like billiard ball boxer shorts over tights. Kimmy's got a unique style and I think that's kind of cool. She doesn't care what people say, you know, about her wardrobe. She really doesn't. So Kimmy lets DJ know like, hey DJ, look, I got some good news. I got some bad news. She says, Rachel Taylor, you know, Steve's ex-girlfriend is in the dressing room. And DJ's like, Rachel Taylor, really? And I'm kind of wondering, how long ago did Steve break up with Rachel Taylor? Because when she comes out, she is clearly on the rebound. And we're going to find out how their, uh, Steve and Rachel's relationship ended later on at the dance. We're going to get a little backstory on that. <laughs> oh, I love how Kimmy says, well, actually, I only have bad news, but I didn't want to bum you out too much. Oh, Kimmy. So as soon as the words Rachel Taylor slip out of DJ's mouth, boom, Rachel comes out and she is a tall, slim, frizzy, blonde-haired girl. Her hair is like curly, but it's like wrapped up in like a, like a ponytail type thing. And you hear the cat calls from the audience. Did we get that from DJ when she came out? No, I don't think so. Yeah, when she comes out, you don't get anything from the audience. Not claps, not... But my guess is they're saving it for her real dress when she walks down the stairs. I think that the audience is emphasizing, like, ooh, look at this bombshell that uh, Steve broke up with. And almost like they're comparing her to DJ. They're both blonde. And another thing, Rachel sees that DJ and Kimmy are there, does not acknowledge him. Zero's in right on Steve, like, hey, Stevie, what do you think of this dress? And he's like, oh, what? His eyes were, like, on the floor. He sees her and it's like, va-va-voom. Like, oh, wow, I mean, it's stunning. It's alluring. Those are the same words that DJ just said to him. It's like, how dare you, Steve? I would be really hurt and humiliated. If, and that's probably what DJ is feeling. Honestly, that's kind of why I'm happy that Jeremy never dated anybody before me. I don't have to deal with that stuff. And the way that Rachel's wearing the dress versus DJ, it's almost like one of those uh, OK magazines or People Weekly where they have that who wore it better type of scenario. Like two people, two ladies wearing the same dress and then you get a percentage who wore it better, this person or that person. Which I think that is kind of, that is cruel. And as Steve is trying to find another word to describe Rachel's dress... DJ cuts in and says, it's the exact dress that I have on my body right now. 
And that's when Rachel actually turns and looks at DJ. Like, her eyes go up and down. Like, she's evaluating the dress on DJ. And in her mind, it's probably like, there's no competition here. I'm definitely wearing this better. Which is hurtful. Um, but Steve quickly changes his tune. Like, oh yeah, it's just, the dress is alright. So why does Steve get up, go over to Rachel's side, and introduce Rachel... Like, oh, Rachel, this is DJ and Kimmy. Why wouldn't you go to your girlfriend and say, DJ, my girlfriend, this is my ex. Why would you go to your ex and introduce... It's almost like he feels like a responsibility to explain his actions. And then he's like, oh, Rachel, this is a mama. He can't even get the words out. It's almost like, is he embarrassed? It almost feels like he's... He's flustered, definitely, but it's almost like he's embarrassed of DJ, where she has to finally say, I'm his girlfriend, and she goes over to stand by him, but then, of course, Kimmy loves to state the obvious. The old girlfriend, the new girlfriend, smell the tension. Yes, Kimmy, we know. We know it's awkward. Thank you for pointing that out for those of us that couldn't tell. So, Rachel jumps right in. She is all hands, handsy with... With Steve, she's got her hand on his shoulder. She's got her attention is right to him. He is zero. It's almost like a like a tractor beam. Like she mentions how hey, there's gonna be a big party after the prom, and she says you guys should come. But she is completely inviting Steve. It's like I'm inviting you, Stevie. But I mean, if you have to bring your girlfriend, I guess it's okay. Like. I get it. I get that, uh, that insinuating tone there. Yeah, Rachel, I don't like you. But when we were watching this episode back in the day, what girl did like Rachel? I mean, she's slimy and she is going to, we'll get to it when we get to that scene. I'm angry already just thinking about it. Oh, by the way, um... My doctor wants me to give up drinking Diet Coke for, you know, at least a week to see if it helps with... If you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while now, you know that I have been having this persistent cough that has literally lasted me, like, just about three years now, and there's no real end in sight yet, but I'm hoping maybe even just knocking off the Diet Coke for a week... To see if that actually helps. I know it has nothing to do with this episode, but I just wanted, you know, in case you're new to the podcast, you hear me coughing. You can hear me coughing in the theme song. That it's going to be there forever. Even if this cough eventually goes away, you're like, oh yeah, remember when you had a coughing problem? I can still hear it in the theme song. <laughs> so yeah, Rachel's like, hey, a bunch of us rented a room, you know, where we're having the prom. And we are going to party all night. Now, in full house terms, that probably means loud music, dancing, jumping on the beds, and what have you. But in, uh, if this were not full house land, they would be doing some rank, rank, cray-cray stuff. They'd probably get kicked out of the hotel. The school would probably be banned from ever having a prom there again, which I think the school I graduated from... Not my graduating class. I mean, I think this was years later. 
actually have been banned from having a prom at a a certain hotel. I'm not sure which one, but they're raunchy, raunchy behavior, whatever they were doing, whether they brought in alcohol or not, I don't know, but they got in some big, big trouble and made Lowell High School look really, really bad. Which, I mean, I grew up in the country. I knew about those high school parties. I never went to one, but I had cousins that went to them. And they were all kinds of crazy. You would hear in the halls, people like, Hey, did you hear what happened at this party? So-and-so did this, or whatever. It's like little snippets that you hear in the halls. Of course, Steve is all like, Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something we would... And DJ just is frowning at him like, "Mm," Almost shaking her head like, Come on, Steve, look at me. Do I look like someone who wants to do that? Granted, Danny will let senior DJ go to a college frat party in season eight. Yeah. But she's not into that, and she knows that Rachel is only including her to get Steve to come. She has no real intention of wanting anything to do with DJ. And she doesn't even, I don't even think she sees DJ as competition. Like, I could get this guy back easy with no real fight from DJ because he will just give in. Like, I, I don't like Rachel. I don't, but then again, like I said, we're not meant to like her. She's not a nice lady. She's not a nice girl. She's that popular cheerleader type. The classic wrestler or athlete that dates the head cheerleader. And DJ is the athletic, or not athletic, she's the academic, the smart girl who's, yeah. Looks like, uh, I think Rachel's gonna go for that dress. She's, oh, I really, she's rubbing her hands, like, down her, her, the length of her body. Like, oh, I really like how this dress feels. I think I'm gonna get it. He looked at her. He definitely, it was a quick glance, head turn, like, oh, she walked away. Oh, come on, Steve. And he has the gall to say, oh, are you going to get that dress too? Like, can we go? Can you just buy this dress and we can leave now? And DJ just rolls her eyes at him like, yeah, right. And she pulls, excuse me, the five dresses that she already rejected. Like, I guess I'm trying these on again. So now we're going to cut to the the night of the prom. DJ, uh, uh, Aunt Becky's helping her. I like this. I like that Aunt Becky is a mother figure for the girls. DJ has such a beautiful room. It's really nice. It's got, the bed has, it's got that, it matches her furniture from the desk to the nightstand to her headboard is all like a white cream wicker material. Which, this room just screams teenage girl. It's really pretty. Whoever was the set designer on her room did an amazing job. The colors are kind of a lilac and kind of a peach color. And I like that there is a framed poster of what could be maybe uh, the back of a humpback whale's tail or an orca. But it's like the picture is a sunset. And you can see the sunset, like, glistening over the water, making it kind of a nice orangey-yellow. And I like how the picture is, like, framed in this lavender box. 
and it's got like a you can't see the quote but it's really great also her pillow she got two big salmon colored pillows or maybe kind of a blood orange color and then the two little um bed pillows that are lavender which goes great with her closet which is also a lilac color it's all just it's beautiful i love it so much so DJ's in her robe she's getting dressed she's got her earrings on aunt becky is helping dj by curling her hair she's looking beautiful i love how stephanie and D uh stephanie and michelle are just sitting on that ottoman and just watching their big sister get ready ready for her big night it's just it's fun they're having a girl's time the girls are just just taking all this in and i'm just kind of thinking it's like and becky if becky wasn't there that would be their mother doing that and doing those motherly things. That just that just made me think of that. And it did make me kind of sad. But I love that Becky is able to be like a substitute mom that the girls can come to. Especially DJ. You know, she's she met Becky when she was, what, 12 years old? And now DJ is like 15... 15, 16 now, so she's been around for quite a while, but she's always, always there for the girls whenever they have a question, whenever they have a problem. If they're not turning to the guys, especially if it's a girl problem, they have Becky there, which is, I'm going to play this clip. It's just really, really sweet. <laughs> Why is DJ putting perfume on her ears? Must I explain everything? So she won't smell like ear sweat. Boy, it seems like my prom was just yesterday. Can you believe I'm old enough to be a chaperone? Sure. <laughs> no way! You're a chaperone? <laughs> you know, Aunt Becky, Steve and I were invited to this after prom party in a hotel room. Really? What'd your dad say after he stopped screaming? Oh, well, I didn't ask him. I don't really want to go. It's not my kind of thing. Well, that's good, Deej. You should never do anything that you're not comfortable with. Well, the thing is, I think that Steve wants to go. His old girlfriend, Rachel, invited us. She's beautiful. DJ, you're beautiful, too. And I don't think you have anything to worry about. Steve loves you. He's nuts about you. Why else would he be here all the time? To eat. <laughs> so DJ, what she's doing, she's actually just putting a little bit of perfume behind her ear, which, you know, to make her smell good. And Michelle's like, why is DJ putting perfume on her ear? And, or, yeah, Michelle says that. And then uh, Stephanie's like, do I have to explain everything to you? It's so she doesn't smell like ear sweat. No, it's, you know, it's just because she wants to smell good. I love how Stephanie just kind of rolls her eyes like, oh, I have to spend everything to this little girl. So helping uh, DJ get ready, you know, by styling her hair, Aunt Becky's like, gosh, I can't believe it. You're having your prom. It just feels like y just yesterday I was having mine. I can't believe I'm old enough to be a chaperone. And of course, Stephanie's like, oh, I can. And Becky just gives her a look like, really, Stephanie? <laughs> And Stephanie quickly like, oh, wow, I mean, you're a chaperone? Wow, Michelle, can you believe Aunt Becky's a chaperone? 
So, DJ explains that she and Steve were invited to a party in the hotel, in a hotel room where the prom is going to be at. And Becky kind of assumes that Danny already knows. Like, oh, really? What'd your dad say after he stopped screaming? And DJ says, well, he doesn't know. I mean, I really, I don't want to go, but Steve does because, you know, his ex-girlfriend, Rachel, invited us. She's beautiful. And, of course, DJ is feeling really self-conscious about herself in comparison to Rachel. And I love that Aunt Becky's, like, kind of puts her her hand under DJ's chin and lifts her, her face up and says, DJ, you are beautiful, too. And she says, you know, Steve is crazy about you. Why do you think he's here all the time? And, of course, Michelle, like, he's here to eat. And DJ just kind of looks at Michelle like, she's got a point. Like, no, sweetie, he loves you. He really, really loves you. I'm looking here at DJ's corkboard. She's got some awards for some ribbons for stuff. She's got a, what's it, a, a card that says Jet to Me on it, which I'm not sure what that means. Let me look. I'm sure it means yeah, I love you from when I looked up. I'm sorry that I mispronounced it, though. So downstairs, Danny is trying to fiddle with this camcorder. Now, mind you, it's not that heavy, big, bulky thing that sat on his shoulder in season one. It's a nice handheld one that weighs maybe about five pounds. And Danny's like, wow, I can't believe DJ's going to her prom. Um, Danny, this is Steve's prom. She's been invited to. Her prom will be the season eight series finale. Her prom of her senior, her, her senior year. So, don't, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. you still got, like, two more years. Danny's like, oh, I'm getting so old so fast. And Michelle, of course, always got to say something. Like, oh, maybe you'll catch up to Vicky. So, definitely, this age thing is getting to Danny, which we'll see in a bit. It's really bothering him. The fact that his 16-year-old daughter is now going to prom and everything. It's like, because he and Pam had DJ when they were, they got married at what, 18, 19? So they probably, I bet it was one of those, he knocked her up and they had to get pregnant. Because otherwise, I don't think they would have went on, ran off and got married. They wouldn't have tried to elope or anything if she hadn't have been pregnant with DJ. So Danny just kind of looks at Michelle like, I've actually put it out of my mind. He hasn't. It's like, oh, I, I'm fine with her being a year. Actually, you know what? It's not even a year. It's like seven months and some days and what have you. Like, my goodness. Yeah, you really put it out of your mind, Danny. And Jesse and Becky come in. And oh my goodness, Jesse, look at your tux. It's a nice, it's like an off-white or a cream white suit jacket over a black vest and a white dress shirt under that with a black bow tie. Oh my gosh! Look at Steve! He looks so great! He's got a nice corsage for DJ that's in a box. He cleans... He, uh, oh, he is so nice. Good looking. He is very good looking. And, and he's like, hey, what do you think, Tanners? And 
Danny's like, yeah, I've never seen you like this before. Usually your head is in my fridge and you're wearing your letterman's jacket. And Stephanie's like, yeah, there's no food in your mouth because they're so used to him having food in his mouth. He's got milk duds in his cummerbund. Oh my God, those are going to melt. And I bet he rented that tux. Oh my goodness, you're not getting that deposit back. All right, I'm going to play this clip. As Steve comes in and then DJ comes down the stairs. Oh. Hello. Hey. Well, everybody, what do you think? Very nice. Right. Steve, never seen you like this before. Yeah, there's no food in your mouth. <laughs> no, but I got some milk duds in my cummerbund. Ready? Excuse me. You look just like Sleeping Beauty, except you're awake. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, DJ, you look beautiful. Thank you. Honey, I can't believe how grown up you are. Seems like only yesterday you were walking off to kindergarten. Actually, you didn't walk, I carried your piggyback. <laughs> now you've gone to a prom. Now, what the heck, hop on. <laughs> Sorry. Have a wonderful time, sweetie. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Dad. Sorry. So DJ is at the top of the stairs and she starts coming down and you hear everyone saying, like, oh, you look so beautiful. And you hear Jesse say, mercy. Like, she looks beautiful. She looks so great. I love how these events, just the Tanners just make such a big production of it. And it's so, like the family's all seated downstairs waiting for DJ's arrival. It's a big thing. You know, this is Danny's firstborn child. And he just is reminiscing like, oh, it just seems like just yesterday I was taking you off to kindergarten or you were walking off to kindergarten and he's like well you didn't actually walk I carried you piggyback and then Danny's like oh what the heck he turns around like here hop on my back and she's like come on dad but Steve's reaction you can tell he take she takes his breath away like she is just he is enamored and totally in love even though season i mean this is towards the end of season six so this is the 22nd episode and the first episode of season six we meet steve and they just been to um on that that study program and um in spain so they spent what probably two months together so they got time to get acquainted and just I love that we've gotten to see them grow as a couple and we continue to see that even in season seven even though we know what un sadly inevitably inevitably is to come with them at least with full house I like Michelle's comment where she's like, you look just like Sleeping Beauty, except you're awake. And DJ's like, oh, thank you. I can see Stephanie really looking at her older sister and thinking to herself, like, I hope that one day that can be me, you know, wearing a beautiful dress while my date carry takes me off to prom and stuff like that. She just definitely looks at DJ as a role model. And I'm sure if the show continued on... 
eventually we get to the point of Stephanie being in that place and Michelle in that same position of seeing her older sister and envisioning herself and wanting those things for these girls really are in a way they are good role models they are good examples for Michelle to see yes they'll go through they'll make mistakes they'll have problems they'll learn lessons but ultimately I, th I honestly think they're good examples for their younger sister and Michelle is not short of a feminine influence I mean she's got Stephanie and DJ she's got and Becky so it's I mean yes that doesn't compare to you know take away the fact that she doesn't have a mother but she's definitely not running short on feminine influences so Steve opens the door and DJ is walking up the two steps to like head out but Danny does not want to let her go it's like I wish that we could have seen DJ on her wedding day to her husband Tommy. I thought, but then again, think about it. We probably all thought before Fuller House was even a blink in the eye, we probably thought that with the show ending that Steve takes her to her prom, it's a nice little bookend, and we probably thought, well, this is how it ends. In the future, they get married. When in Fuller House, that's not how that happened. Unfortunately, people do tend to grow apart. People that we look on that have dated for a while on the show, you always hope, well, one day they're going to get married. They're going to have kids and everything like that. But now, in a way, we're getting that with Fuller House. You know, it's sad that she lost her husband, but she's getting that second chance with Steve. I mean, I liked Matt. I thought he was a, a great guy, but DJ and Steve, they're endgame. They have always been from the very beginning. They, you know, DJ had to go and see what other guys were out there on Full House with Nelson and Viper to really appreciate what she had with Steve. I'm not saying that Nelson and Viper weren't great guys either in their own way, but like I said, DJ Steve, endgame. Alright, so we get some stock footage of some hotel somewhere. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, Jesse and the Rippers are, they all look really schnazzy in their, um, in their tuxes. It seems like a lot of the Rippers get changed out except for Gary who is the redheaded uh kind of a starry blonde curly haired afro guy and then also I thought it was what was it? I cannot think of his name but um he's the one that ends up telling Jesse that they voted him out of the rippers but other than that it just seems like a lot of the guys are interchangeable but then again I mean this is season six. The Rippers have been together here and there. People have probably moved away, gotten married, had other commitments. So they probably, you don't see auditions for other Rippers coming in. But you know that, I mean, the main ones. Gary's been there since the beginning, so. All right, we got uh, what looks like a guitar. We got Jesse on a guitar. We got this guy who's playing a flute, and he also has a saxophone. 
around his neck. So he's doing double duty there. He's doing double duty. Definitely, they got a couple backup singers. An African-American girl, I think, that will come up to the front towards the end of the episode to sing a duet with Jesse of the uh, Whitney Houston cover of I Will Always Love You, which, this is 93. This is when The Bodyguard came out. So, yeah. Actually, let me look and see when Bodyguard was released, because this episode was released on May 4th. Okay, I have a correction to make. Um, I looked at The Bodyguard, and the movie actually came out in November, probably right around Thanksgiving of 92, so it did not come out in 93, but the soundtrack was sold a crud ton of copies. Big, highest rated soundtrack of all time. Even beating out Saturday Night Fever, which I don't know. I'm kind of curious what is the highest rated soundtrack right now? Alright, so this list is from 2018. So we got The Bodyguard at 18 mil. We got Saturday Night Fever 16 mil. Purple Rain at number 3 with 13 mil. We got uh... Forrest Gump and then Dirty Dancing. I love the score to Forrest Gump. That is such an amazing, timeless movie. But then again, so Dirty Dancing, I like the movie, but I like the music more. Six is Titanic, which of course, James Horner, amazing soundtrack. I remember my friend actually got me the soundtrack when we were going to see the movie. That was her Christmas gift to me. The only thing I could afford to give her was a teen magazine. Um, The Lion King got that on cassette for Christmas of 94. And I played the heck out of that. Oh, I even brought it to school, played it in the classroom while we were working on stuff. It was so cool. Everybody was singing along to uh, Hakuna Matata, and so was I. Footloose at number eight, Top Gun at number nine. Of course, Kenny Loggins sang on both those albums. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Never, ever have seen the movie. I can't believe it tops Grace. Seriously? Um, you know, uh, Mental Floss's website on both my phone and the internet, uh, on my laptop is slow, 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 so I'm not gonna bug you guys anymore about this. Let's just move on with the episode. I've taken enough time. I gotta say, I'm not a fan of this slow, semi-romantic version of Good Vibrations, but... There's, um, if you watch One Tree Hill in season four, when they crash uh, Honeygrove's prom, there is a funky version of Good Vibrations. I'm going to play a quick clip of the good vibrations from DJ and Steve's prom. So we move across the dance floor here. We got... <laughs> 
DJ and Steve are just dancing, having a great time. They both got great moves. We got poor Aunt Becky, who is over with these chaperones that are clearly faculty advisors from this uh, Bayview High School. And they all look to be at least 50 plus years old. And, you know... I, I gotta give it to Aunt Becky. You know, she's rocking out. You know, her husband's on stage. She's, he's got a great voice. She's rocking out, just moving, grooving. And the looks that she gets from these two women that are both flanking her and the two gentlemen on this other, each side of the, the ladies here, they're all looking at her like, what is wrong with you? Because she is clearly at least... 10 to 15 years younger than the all of these people, these um, chaperones. So DJ, or excuse me, oh my gosh, Aunt Becky is just, she finally looks and realizes she's getting dirty looks from these chaperones. Like, what are you doing? We're just here to watch. We're not here to... So, good thing, Aunt Becky, get out of there. Go mingle with the kids. They'll let you hang out. Which DJ's like, hey, Aunt Becky. Because she's like, hey, can I hang out with you kids? It's so lame on Chaperone Row. <laughs> this one guy whose hair is definitely um, dyed blonde on. It's dark on the s sides, but it's like really blonde on top. This guy looks like he is literally 25 years old. You are not a high school student. But then again, yes, I get it. They hire these early 20-year-olds to play high schoolers. They've been doing that probably since the dawn of time. I mean, look at um, Stockard Channing. She was like 30-something, and she was playing like 17 when she played Rizzo on uh, in Greece. So the singing cuts off, giving the kids kind of a break to stop dancing, you know, get a snack or a drink or whatever. And DJ comments on how the Tropical Nights theme is just it's so beautiful. Steve, of course, wanted many foods of many nations which of course he was turned down like calm down steve we're gonna have food at this prom don't worry we're not gonna we're not gonna starve you but we're gonna go with tropical nights because it sounds so much better and it's got a hint of romance oh he said snacks of many nations gotcha well he was in spain for eight weeks so maybe he got a better you know developed his palate all right, Rachel comes in, and she's got, she's wearing that dress that she loves so much, and she's got her little tag-along date, Paul. Paul is, got dark hair, just like Steve, but Paul's rocking a mullet. I want to check real quick and see uh, both Paul's and Rachel's IMDb real quick. All right, real quick. First up, Christy Harris. She is still working. She is in a sci-fi drama thriller entitled The Unhealer. And it looks like she is way down on the cast list, so she probably doesn't have a huge part. I don't know. She was also in eight episodes of a... I remember Passions. It came on... I thought Passions or Loving came on right before All My Children. In 04, she was in an uh, episode of NCIS. 
She was a regular on a show called Sunset Beach that ran from 97 to 99. She played Emily Davis. I've never seen the show. Looks like she was in some adult films. Lurid Tales of Castle Queen. Amy slash Maggie Dorset. See, Kiss of Death. She was also in a Night of the Scarecrow, Night of the Demons 2. That was right after she was on Full House. She was in an episode of Growing Pains in 92. Oh! Oh, I know! Oh my god, I know this episode! That was her? She played a girl named Becca that Ben had a, th- a thing for, and he took karate lessons because this girl, Becca, ugh, I remember that episode. She didn't look good in that episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know this guy! I just covered a movie with this dude! Holy crap! Was he... Oh my goodness, was he... Let me check. Where is it? Where, 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 where? Um, he was in a Weird Science TV show. No, Terror in the Family. That was Garrett! Oh my gosh, he doesn't even look like him! Oh, man. He's a sweet guy, Paul, here in this. But no, if you see... Terror in the Family, which had Joanna Kearns and uh, Hilary Swank and Dan Loria. He plays a jerk. Which, Terror in the Family was 96. A lot of bit stuff. A lot of bit stuff. Married with Children, My So-Called Life. He was on a soap as the world turns for five episodes, probably in 1990. He played two different characters. Paul Steinbeck, Paul Ryan, is he doing anything now? Uh, the last thing he was in was 12 years ago. Criminal Minds. Max Poole. So Rachel just brings Paul over like, hey, this is my date. You wish you could be in his shoes, don't you, Steve? You want me back. That's the impression. She just came over like, hey, this is Paul. And then she grabs him by the hand and escorts him somewhere else. And Steve is so enamored with Rachel's dress because he is like watching as she walks away with Paul. Strike one, Steve. Strike one. And Steve is so flustered as DJ's looking at him like, what is your deal? And he's like, oh, you so you want to get a, uh, a dress? I mean, uh, a drink? I was like, come on, Steve. And DJ just rolls her eyes and walks away. Alright, the Rippers are starting up a fun Jumpin' song. I don't know what this song is. But hey, oh my goodness, Cammy! look at her dress. It's this cheetah print. And we're going to see that uh, this is a running gag. Kimmy got her nails done, which means she's got these long, like, uh, Wolverine-style red nails. Because as she's walking past, I don't know if she's intentionally stabbing guys in the butt. Because you see some guy like, oh, my butt. And then she does it to that that uh, that one guy that looks like he's 25 years old with the blonde hair on top and the dark on the sides. And he grabs like, oh, ah. Like, Kimmy, put your claws away. So Kimmy's like, or uh, DJ's like, hey, Kimmy, because they're all over by the punch bowl. Like, hey, Kimmy, how's it going with Gorilla? And Gorilla comes up. This guy, he really looks like a studious, well-to-do guy. I don't want to say so much nerdish looking, but that's definitely the vibe that they're going for here. As he's, he's walking like 
he's suffering from possible scoliosis. Like he's walking with a hunch. And he he's a nice he's got these wire rim glasses, he's got the short slicked back hair, gray suit on. He's carrying a tray or a a platter of finger foods. I like the vest that he's wearing underneath his gray suit. It's like a blood red flower print. It's really nice. And I like how he like puts his arm around Kimmy and like hugs her to his side. Like what's he say? Um poo poo what do you say? Poo poo for two, my little love stick. Alright, here it is. Poo poo platter. P U P U platter. Is a tray of American, Chinese, or Hawaiian food consisting of an assortment of small meat and seafood appetizers. A typical poo-poo platter as found in American Chinese cuisine might include an egg roll, spare ribs, chicken wings, chicken fingers, beef teriyaki, skewered beef, fried wontons, crab ragoons, oh my gosh, I love them, love those ragoons, and fried shrimp, among other items accompanied by a small hibachi grill. Which you can't really tell too much what is actually on this plate, but it looks like it could be an assortment of little uh, seafood finger foods, like wontons and stuff like that. And, like, it looks yum yum. I like it. Let me just say, Bayview clearly has money, because can you imagine how much it would cost? To be able to, and I'm kind of thinking, is that a thing where student council like raises money? Like, hey, we all want to have our prom at this really cool hotel. Let's like do a car wash, a bake sale, what have you, to raise money to be able to have our prom. Because I kind of wonder, it's like, let the kids feel included in creating an amazing prom. But then again... I kind of wonder if hotels are even really hesitant to host these things just because of, you know, like my school that, you know, kids ended up getting Lowell High School banned because of inappropriate behavior with underage drinking, being rowdy, stuff like that. I also want to look up, I'll, I'll look it up a little bit later, um prom proposals like maybe the best ones like of like 2018 and stuff like that because that stuff i don't believe existed back in 93. so kimmy is actually using her long claw-like nails to pick up the little finger foods and that's where dj and steve are kind of watching and steve's like hey kimmy those are some wild nails and she's like oh yeah um i just gotta wait for them to dry and he, he's like, yeah, the polish, right? And she's like, no, the glue. Because he probably thought those were her real nails. I tried to grow out. I cannot. I don't like long nails or even medium length. They're like cut right down to the nubs. But I did grow as agonizing as it was for me. I grew them out a little bit for my wedding. And that was the only time. But it was really, really hard not to cut them. Steve looks so grossed out <laughs> watching Kimmy spear that little uh, hot dog Frank with her fingernail. Ugh. So I'm going to play this clip as Becky comes over like, hey, can I hang out with you guys? It's so lame over there on Chaperone. 
guys, mind if I join you? I feel so old over there on Chaperone Row. You know, it's really uncool to be seen with the chaperones. Yeah, tell me about it. I repeat, it's really uncool to be seen with the chaperones. I get it. Aunt Becky, you can hang out with us if you want to. No, 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 that's okay. I'll just go over here and straighten out my support hose. Hi. Aren't you the cheerleader who's always at the top of the pyramid? Oh, no, actually, I... I, I am usually somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Becky's just feeling old being over there with the 50-some-year-old chaperones. Of course, Kimmy ditch... Uh, really um disses Becky like and you know it's really uncool to be seen with the chaperones and Becky's like yeah I know tell me about it right like Becky's just trying to fit on with the younger crowd you know and Kimmy of course repeats yeah it's really uncool to be seen with the chaperones and DJ's like oh Aunt Becky you can hang out with us and and Becky's feelings are hurt. Like, no, I'll just go back over there with the other chaperones and, you know, straighten my support hose. So Becky's about ready to wander off when this, the 25-year-old blonde-haired guy is like, oh my gosh, aren't you, like, on the top of the pyramid? And she's like, oh, well, no, actually, she goes with, you know, normally I'm somewhere near the bottom. And he's like, cool. <laughs> he throws his thumb up. And she, she's like, she walks away. She's like, yes! <laughs> like, get it, Becky! <laughs> you are not old! <laughs> but that high school student is. <laughs> All right! Well, it's come that time to see who's going to be picked for prom king and queen. And, of course, it's not, prom queen is not going to be DJ because she and Steve are not in the same grade level. I'm sorry, DJ. So this has got to be hard for her. So I'm going to play this clip as Jesse is going to announce who is going to be prom king and queen. All right, now the moment we've all been waiting for to find out who rules the school. This year's prom king is, drum roll please, Mr. Stephen Hale. Steve, wherever you are, drop that burrito and get up here. There you are. Steve, my man. Stevie. Steve Marino. Okay. And what good would the king be without a queen? This year's prom queen is, drum roll please, Rachel Taylor. Wow, look at that. Rachel and Steve back together again. queen and of course what would a king be without his queen R Rachel Taylor as she comes up and you see the look on Steve's face he's not happy about it he but I like how DJ's like oh Steve I'm so proud of you oh, it's such a sweet moment but then of course he's up there and of course Gorilla doesn't know when to shut his mouth he's like oh look Rachel and Steve back together again as rightfully so Kimmy elbows him in the gut like shut up his girlfriend is right here 
And the camera cuts back to DJ after seeing how glum Steve looks. Because imagine how this looks to DJ. She's miserable. Like, like, she had to have known, though, that Rachel Taylor was going to be picked. I mean, if it had been anyone else other than Rachel Taylor, maybe DJ wouldn't have been nearly as disappointed like it's expected. But because it's Steve's ex-girlfriend, this is a double whammy. Because with Rachel Tra- Taylor, DJ does feel like she's a bit threatened by that. Which, Rachel, early on, even, you could tell in her eyes how she walked, how she talked, calling Steve Stevie, her nickname for him. She's got, her intentions are clear that she wants him back. And that is going to be very crystal clear very shortly. So if this were airing, it would have... Of cut for commercial at that moment. Now we go back to prom where Jesse is on stage with Steve and Rachel and he is handing Steve his prom king crown. And then, of course, because the crowns have been supplied by Carl's Crown Shop, he's like, hey, if you go to Carl's for all your crowning needs. So Rachel puts Steve's crown on his head, she put, or he puts the tiara on her head, and the whole time, it's playing some ye olde English Shakespeare flute music. So now we cut back to <laughs> Gorilla Bernstein, and of course, Paul is like, well, I guess taking Rachel to the prom wasn't a complete washout. I mean, I did get to dance with her once, and I got to hang up her coat. So he is hanging on to the crumbs that Rachel is giving him. And and DJ's like, oh, Paul, don't worry. He'll be right back. It's just a ceremony. And Paul actually says, I don't know. I mean, ever since she ran into Steve the other day at the mall, like, she cannot. Rachel can't stop talking about him and I'm thinking I feel bad for Paul but then again maybe this is like everyone else had already been chummed up with who they were gonna go with and at the last minute she's like oh I guess I'll go with uh, that one over there as Paul was walking down the hallway because it's not like he's like a steady boyfriend of hers and the way that he's saying hey she let me like hang up her coat, and I got to dance with her once, so he clearly probably had a thing for Rachel, like, oh, she's picking me, great, this will fulfill my every fantasy. I don't know why she ever broke up with him in the first place. And Paul says, I don't know why she ever broke up with him in the first place, and apparently... DJ's been fed some information like, wait a minute, no, I thought that he broke up with her. And Gorilla's like, no, she dumped him. The poor guy couldn't eat for a week. Of course, Kimmy's like, a whole week? I haven't seen him go more than five minutes without popping a Tic Tac into his mouth. So clearly, she broke up with him quite a while ago because... This is already towards the end of the school year, so this has got, you know, this episode aired in May, so it's got to be right around May. So she and Steve dated for two months while they were together in Spain because she comes back like, hey, I got a new boyfriend. So then that's got to be, like, late August, September, she starts a new school year. So they dated, DJ and Steve dated for the course of her sophomore year of high school and his senior year. 
I'm kind of interested to know why did Rachel break up with... My guess is she wanted an intellectual. She wanted... She didn't want the cheerleader, athletic, captain of the wrestling team type. She's like, I want someone who's smart or, or something. She wants to... I don't know. She Maybe she wanted to branch out or maybe it just wasn't working for her. But this, how she's acting now is ridiculous. It's been nine months, Rachel. But I kind of think because Steve's with someone else, I think because she can't have Steve, that's why she wants him. To the fact that Steve has moved, she dumped him and he moved on. I bet she feels kind of like, maybe like that threatens her street cred a little bit. And at first, you know, DJ Kimmy, Gorilla, and Paul are all standing. They're not even facing the stage. But they turn and kind of look at Steve's expression like he's not bummed out. He's smiling. He's working the camera. He, and all that stuff. So they're kind of a little puzzled. Because at first when he went up there, he just looked like, ugh. I guess I have to do this. i got to be standing next to my ex-girlfriend. But now he's just working it for the camera with that that amazing smile of his. Now we come back to the house where it's after dinner time. Everyone's enjoying a nice bowl of ice cream. Whoa, those boys got a little too... That is too much that their mouths aren't big enough to get all that ice cream that's on that spoon into their mouths. I wouldn't even put that much. And I like how Stephanie's like, first rule of table manners, never put more on a spoon than you can fit in your mouth. Whoops, sorry, I keep holding the remote and dropping it. I apologize. Oh, Joey, come on, buddy, you know better. <laughs> but this just proves Joey is a big, goofy kid. He's like, and everyone just looks at him like, dude, what are you doing? So he just takes his finger and swipes off the excess, the excess ice cream. Like, zoop! So basically, it's almost like how when you have like a, a tablespoon of something and you got to take off the excess by running your finger along the top of it. Yeah. Plus, that much ice cream at once, isn't that going to give you an ice cream headache? Oh, since they're all eating ice cream in bowls and not having it on a cone... Um, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before on uh, one of my podcasts, but I still, I rarely get cones anymore because I know that I'm just going to eat the cones. I will eat a sleeve of eight of them in a sitting and I know they're low in calorie. They're like 10 calories a cup, but it's just... My dad would get so irritated with me because he'd go to make an ice cream cone and find out there are no cones. So yeah, that's why I don't buy them anymore. Just talking about them makes me hungry. Oh, and just so you know, um, I started recording this episode on Thursday, even though I said Friday in the beginning. So today is Friday, so I've lasted 24 hours without Diet Coke. Let me say, it was pretty miserable. I had very low energy at my job. 
and I just even now getting groceries and seeing I always get a fountain drink I always get a Diet Coke vanilla out of the fountain machine and just seeing like the person in front of me had one of those fountain cups and I kept looking at the machine like I can't I can't do it my physical is on next week so that way I mean the coughing so much has not been that bad but then again it hasn't been a f well it has been a full 24 hours but we'll see this is just uh this is gonna be hard I'm drinking that gold peak unsweetened tea and as much as I like it it's just it's hard it's really hard pop is addictive Either Nikki or Alex, I'm not sure which one, because the one that's dressed in an uh, orange sweatshirt with um, a little sun on the front with, like, purple rays. What kind of ice cream is that? He's, he's like, asking as he's pointing to it. So I think because the, the, the boys are too young to have actual lines. Or maybe they just wouldn't be able to handle them. Um, but maybe they're just ad-libbing. Just like just go with their interactions with what they're saying and stuff like that. And we go over to the other twin who's dressed in a long sleeve blue shirt. The ice cream as he's, he's holding the spoon in one hand. And with the other hand he's like grabbing at it like he's just gonna take it from the spoon and shove it right into his mouth i want to play this clip this is so adorable i really like um stephanie like oh yeah that's ice cream you think that is that yummy i'm gonna play that clip i like how michelle's like enjoy it now boys because once you get to be old like me you can't really have this stuff a lot michelle you're like six you can have ice cream the rest of us that are like 25, 30 plus and older can have it, but we gotta watch how much we have of it. You're still at that wonderful age where you can eat whatever you want and it's not gonna affect you because you have such a high metabolism. High, is it high, low metabolism? Yeah. I think it's a high metabolism. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play this clip. This is just so cute. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, ice cream. Is that yummy? <laughs> Have fun now, boys. You can't do that stuff when you're old like me. So now it cuts to Vicky and Danny who are sitting on stools at the kitchen island. And Danny's wearing a canary yellow shirt. And Vicky is wearing... I like how because her hair is kind of an auburn reddish brown. And she's wearing... A light brown button-up shirt with little tiny white polka dots. Anyway, she is kind of calling Danny out. Like, Danny, you're awfully quiet tonight. Is something going on? Of course, Danny's like, my mind? Of course not. No. We cut back to Joey, who's, he's seeing this. Like, okay, it's time for us, me and the kids to leave. All right, let's wash up your cousins, girls. What do you say? I'll get the hose. You get the squeezy, the the squeegee. <laughs> That's cute. So of course, before Joey leaves, he kind of bends to down to uh, 
Danny, like, oh, you know, since we're heading out the door, this would be a great time for you to uh, talk about with Vicky something that you've been obsessing over so we don't have to hear about it anymore. Thank you. I like Vicky's boots. She's got these long, like, brown leather boots that go just up, just below her knee. So, Danny says, hey, you want some coffee? I mean, you guys are just sitting there eating ice cream. Now, let's have some, co let's have some caffeine. <laughs> He's like, I have old Vienna. And then he kind of starts in like, oh, I mean, it's that's just the name. That's not old, like, seven months or a year old. So, Vicky is like, hmm, let me take a wild shot in the dark here. I think you're bothered by the fact that I'm older than you. And Danny's like, well, yeah, a little bit. Danny gets into this mindset of how he was taught that men should be older than women. Okay, Danny, your dad has got a weird mindset. That is not a thing. That is definitely not a thing. There's not, I find nothing wrong with the fact that a woman can be older than a guy. I think what he's really heard about is the fact that not so much that you know, she is older, but it's the fact that she lied to him. They've always had an open and honest relationship, and the fact, especially about her age, like, what else have you lied to me about? And she says, when I started working in TV, my agent, because she's got an agent, suggested that she drop a few years, which, I mean... I'm sure people do that. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out. All you gotta do is get a hold of someone's birth certificate to prove them wrong, but... She says, it's only seven months. My agent suggested when I get I got into the news business, I drop a few years. Which, that's not a big deal. And she says, it's not like I lied about my prison record. And he looked at her, her his eyes bug out like, oh my god, and she's like, Danny, please, see, you're taking everything literally. Of course she doesn't have, she would not be on Wake Up San Francisco, or she's, well, she's not anymore, but she would not be in that business if she had a prison record. She would not. Older and taller and stronger. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, Danny, I'm shorter than you, and I'm also younger than you, so. But then again... I'm younger and much shorter than my husband. I'm five foot two and he is five eleven. Yeah. And also he is seven years older than I am. Yeah, Dana can't get the top off of that coffee. So of course he puts it down in frustration. Vicky takes it, boom, opens it on the first try. And he just looks at her like mm. At least I'm taller. Like, oh, for heaven's sake, Danny, come on. So she comes around the kitchen island to face him. Says, Danny, nothing has changed. I'm still seven months older. It's seven months, guys. Come on. It's not like it's a year. It's not like it's five years. It's seven months. It's not even a year. And she says, nothing about me is different. So Danny finally sees the light. He says, you know what, Vicky, you're right. I have been being ridiculous. Yeah, and you've been annoying a lot of people in the house with it, too. Because Danny is the type, I am kind of like that, too, where it's like you get fixated on one thing, 
And you cannot focus on anything else outside of that peripheral. It's crazy. And this is a sweet moment, as he said, you know, we love each other, and that's all that matters. And that's right, Danny, that is all that matters. So, I like how she's, like, running her fingers up the side of his arm, saying, you know, being I'm a little older, a little more experienced, uh, okay. <laughs> Do I want to know what that experience is? <laughs> no, I don't. She's like, that could be a good thing, don't you think? And Danny puts on this southern drawl as he looks down at her and smiles like, yes, ma'am. And I've always been taught to respect my elders. Like, oh my goodness. And they kiss, and it's a sweet moment. All right, now we are getting back to the dance. Okay, so I guess they have one more award to give out. The final member of the court, the court jester. Uh, I've never been to prom. I don't... Do they do the court jester? I, I didn't think so. Ed Funboy Henderson. Thanks for uh, putting that out there. You know who this guy looks like? I, I mean, I know it's not him. He looks like Rob Stone, who played Kevin Owens on Mr. Belvedere. He's got that look. Or if we want to flash forward from 85 or 86... He looks like a taller version of Brian Tanner from Elf. I don't think this guy, I'm going to look him up, but I don't think, because he really doesn't say anything, I don't think he gets a credit. Yeah, he does not get a credit, but this Ken Mary as himself, who's a drummer, gets a credit. And Brian Winkler as Tom. Who's Tom? Who's Tom? I want to know who Tom is, because I have not heard of Tom He's got to be at the dance somewhere. Is he that guy, that 25-year-old looking guy who actually does have a line saying, Hey, you look like you were on the top of the pyramid, were you? And Becky's like, No, I'm normally somewhere on the bottom or in the middle. Like, That's got to be that guy. Oh, they're playing this song for Rachel and Steve, the I Will Always Love You song. Oh, come on. So, Steve and Rachel are dancing, and she is really holding him close. And Steve, he looks really miserable at this point. He really does. He doesn't like that he has to do this, but he's doing it to show face. And you can see, I mean, because DJ and Kimmy are right there, and their faces are just like, I can't, I can't watch this. This is just too much. And DJ's commenting to Kimmy, like, can she hold him any tighter? And and Kimmy's like, yeah, if she... We'll have to butter his tux to get him loose. So, luckily, Becky has removed herself from Chaperone Row. She sees how miserable DJ is. and she She's in on this whole situation. She knows what's going on. So... Becky runs up on stage mid-song and is like, Alright guys, we are starting a new tradition. It's called Dance with the Person You Came With. So we come back to the dance floor as Kimmy grabs Gorilla and they're dancing. So we finally get Gorilla's nickname. As Kimmy asks, why do they call you Gorilla? And of course Gorilla's like, because I can eat a banana with my feet. I love how Kimmy's like, at last, a real man as she holds him close. <laughs> So DJ and Paul are 
just sitting there and DJ just states the obvious like hey Paul aren't you gonna ask D uh, you're gonna ask Rachel to dance and Paul's like why bother she only wants to be with Steve and DJ cuts in well well he already has a date as DJ makes her way over and this is just as Steve is pulling himself away from Rachel and he says Rachel look I'm gonna go find DJ and she says, no, wait a minute, as she pulls him in by placing her hand on the back of his head and draw him, him in. He did not fight that. He actually moved in and kissed her. And of course, DJ is witnessing this. Kimmy, of course, is right there with her head turned to the side to see behind her to see this because she and Gorilla are dancing. Oh, this breaks my heart for DJ. It really, really does. That's gonna be like a punch to the gut. I want to play this clip with Rachel being so vindictive. You are kissing another, another girl's guy. What is wrong with you, girl? Do you still want to go? <laughs> yes. Look, Rachel, when you broke up with me, I'll admit, I used to hope that you'd come back to me and, and that you'd kiss me like that and, and everything would be the way it was. Yeah, but it can be. Oh, no, it can't. Because now I'm in love with DJ. And uh, she means everything to me. Look, I'm sorry. I gotta go. He said he loved me. What a lie. I hate him. I hate guys. Rachel, she kissed me. Yeah, right. It takes two people to kiss. That's four lips, and two of them were yours. Hey, let's go upstairs and get that party started. You know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Why don't we go, Paul? Sure, why not? What? Oh, okay, all right, oh. fine. Rachel? Steve? Becky! What took you so long to get up from that stage? Because by the time she gets there, everybody's gone. Except for Kimmy and... Gorilla, who are still dancing. So, he's like, I gotta go find DJ, and she's like, no, wait, come here. She kisses him, like I said, DJ sees it, and she feels like a punch to the gut. And she asks, do you still want to go? And he's like, yeah. And then we get where he says, you know, when you broke up with me, I thought, for an instant, like, I would take you back if you came back to me. I was hoping you would. But now, things are different. And she's like, no, we can have that. He's like, no, we can't because I'm with DJ and I love her. And of course, he goes off to find DJ who looks at him, sees Paul's there, grabs Paul because she sees that Steven is watching. Like, I'm going to do the same thing to you that you just did to me. And she kisses him. We cut to see Steve's expression. And he is really like, boom, arrow to the heart. <laughs> But he has a nervous, like, DJ, what are you doing? And she says, if you can kiss someone, so can I. And he's like, I didn't kiss Rachel. She kissed me. And DJ's got a point. It's like, it takes four lips, what, four lips to kiss and two of them were yours? Yeah, that's what she says. So the guy, I believe, whose name is Tom, the guy who looks like he's 25 years old with the, the, the blonde uh, top there, He's like, hey, Steve, let's go get this party started up in the hotel room. And DJ right away is like, all right, come on, Paul, let's go. 
And Steve's like, oh, yeah? Really? Hey, Rachel, you want to go with me to that party? She's like, sure. Okay. So by the time they leave, boom. <laughs> Becky's making her way. Well, it's a crowded dance floor. You got to try to mingle, get through all those people. I mean, if she had to reach them before that, what would she have said to break up this whole situation? So Becky's trying to get Jesse's attention from the stage, like, eh, as she's, like, taking her hand and going, like, cutting across, like, her throat. Like, I need you down here. We have a situation. Luckily, Jesse sees this. He's like, oh, uh, this next song is, you know, the band takes a break while you listen to pre-recorded music. So now we cut over to the elevator while the kids are all waiting for the elevator to be available. We see a sign that says Banquet Rooms, which is where the dance floor is. We see Main Lobby, which points in the right direction. And then I, I'm i guessing like Pool is just because DJ and Paul are standing right where that sign is. And DJ's like, I hope this pie, I cannot talk. I hope this party is wild. And Steve's like, the wilder, the better. It's like they're throwing digs at each other. Like, they're trying to get each other back. So, Steve and Rachel and DJ and Paul are not the only... There are, like, two other couples that go in there. Luckily, Jesse and Becky get there in time. He holds the elevator door. Like, why am I holding the elevator door? And then Becky's explaining, like, oh, well, Paul is... Rachel's date, she used to date Steve, and now Steve wants to go up with Rachel to the party upstairs, and DJ is going with Paul. And Jesse doesn't like, what? Finally, he's like, alright, you, 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 and you, out of the elevator now. And of course, the whole time, Jesse's like, who's Paul? Who is Paul? That's my question here. Yeah, the fact that uh, he hears her going to a hotel room, it's like, you are not, get out of the elevator. At least you four there. You others, I don't care what you do, you're not my responsibility. So yeah, like I said, Becky is trying to fill in Jesse, like, oh, Rachel is Paul's, or bleh. Rachel is Steve's ex, she kissed Steve, DJ saw it, now DJ wants to go upstairs to the party with Paul, who is Rachel's date, and Steve is taking Rachel as a way of revenge. Or to get back at DJ. They're both getting, trying to get back at each other. So I like Jesse's speech here to DJ as he says, you know, I know it's the end of the year, you know, I know about these parties, they're crazy nuts, I just don't want to see you do something that you are going to later regret. Because she's like, alright, now that everybody's up to speed, as in Becky is explaining everything to Jesse, I have a party to get to, and that is where Jesse cuts in with, like, I don't want you to do something you're going to regret. I get it that it's the end of the year. You want to have fun. You want to party. But you go upstairs to this hotel room, you are going to regret it later, believe you me. And even, but you know, I'm just, I'm going to play this clip. I really like that... Becky and Jesse are doing double parenting duty advice here. They both have great, especially Becky, like, honey, don't do anything because you're angry. You're going to regret it later. One second, TJ. Now, come on, Dad. You know how these parties are. I mean, it's the end of the year and everybody's crazy and I just don't want you to do something you'll be sorry about. Yeah, honey, don't let your emotions get in the way of your good judgment just because you're mad at Steve. Okay, fine. 
just thought tonight was going to be the greatest night of my life. But I just want to go home now. Stevie, come on. We're missing all the fun. I can't. Look, Rachel, I'm really sorry. Everything's all messed up. I gotta talk to DJ. So I get where DJ's like, I just thought tonight would be the greatest moment of my life. As in, you know, she's wearing a pretty dress, her, she's got her makeup on, her hair, she's dancing with her boy, and all of this just absolutely combusts, ruins it. She's like, I, I just want to go home now. It's like, yeah, the night, you feel the night is ruined. I mean, definitely, you're like, this isn't fun for me. This has been miserable. So we come back to the elevator where Rachel's like, come on, Stevie, we're missing all the fun. I don't even think the group has even gotten to the room yet. But Steve's like, look, this is just all messed up. I gotta talk to DJ. And Rachel's like, whatever. Turns to Paul like, Paul, come on, you know, you want to go with me. And the whole time, Paul is like, uh, I know she's treating me like crap, but I just, I'll do it. It's Rachel. You know, I'm not going to do any better, apparently. So I'm definitely playing this clip between Steve and DJ because he tells her that he loves her. I mean, he's said it to her before, but this is just absolutely, I love this. This is so beautiful. Um, DJ. Well, I guess we'll leave you two alone, won't we, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's so much better when you're clued into everything. Now, who was Paul? Who's Paul? Deej, I'm not going to that party. Neither am I. So what? So, I, I want to talk to you. About what? About how I trusted you? About how I loved you? About how I felt when I saw you kissing Rachel? I know exactly how you felt. Like someone punched you in the stomach and knocked all the wind out of you. I felt the same way when I saw you kiss Paul. Good. That was the idea. Look, DJ, I told you I did not want to kiss Rachel. But you did kiss her! But I, I didn't feel anything. It was like kissing my aunt. Okay, fine. It was a little bit better than kissing my aunt. <laughs> it wasn't anything like kissing you. Come on, Steve. She was your first love. Oh, no, I thought she was my first love, but I was wrong. I didn't even know what love was until I met you. talk he's like hey look I'm not going to the party and she's like well I'm not either so what now and he's like well I want to talk to you and she's like about what about how I trusted you and how much it hurt me to see you kiss Rachel and Steve's like well I, I didn't want to kiss her and she's like yeah but you did kiss her 
And of course, Steve fires back, yeah, but I didn't feel anything. I mean, I was like kissing my aunt. And she just looks at him like, really? He's like, okay, fine. It was a little better than kissing my aunt. Yes, because I'm sure your aunt doesn't use tongue like Rachel did. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, come on, Steve, give me a break. All right, she was your first love. And I love Steve's response. He's like, no, she wasn't. I mean, I thought I knew what love was, but that wasn't it. I didn't know what love was until I met you. And the look on DJ's face is just like, really? It's just so sweet. It's like, yes, I love you, DJ. And she says, I love you too. And they kiss. And it's just, this is one of those top 10 Steve and DJ moments. I know there aren't a whole lot, lot, lot. But just in this course of a season we've seen them you know they went to Spain together we didn't see it but they were dating and then of course you had other episodes where uh, she ends up Danny forbids her to see Steve because you know her grades are suffering and everything and then he says I love you that's the first time on the couch that he said that he loved her but this one has more meaning and more weight because he's like, I don't care about Rachel in that way. I thought I was in love, but I didn't know what love meant until I met you. Because I think that his relationship with Rachel is that typical, you go together because you're, you know, an athlete and a cheerleader. It's, I mean, it's like a trope or, or something like that. Almost like it's expected, which I've heard that what in the show Glee, where uh, Quinn, who's the head cheerleader, says that's just how people expect it, how things go. The captain of the football team dates the head cheerleader. It's just as simple as that. I think it was also mentioned something like that in the faculty is, as well. So one thing I want to go back to this conversation that um, Steve and DJ have. He's like, I know exactly how you felt, DJ. Because if that's exactly how I felt when I saw you kiss Paul. It's like somebody punched you in the stomach and it knocked all the wind out of you. I like that expression. Because think about it. You say something shocking like that. Like, just put yourself in, in their shoes. Whether you're a teenager in a relationship or you're married in a relationship, you see your spouse interact romantically with another person that isn't you, how are you supposed to take that? Exactly. The first thing you're going to feel before you're hurt, you're definitely, or you're probably going to feel hurt and then you're going to feel angry. But I like Steve's description of it because that is exactly probably how a person would feel. Like they had their heart ripped out of their chest and stomped on. So I love how they kiss. They walk back onto the dance floor. I love Jesse dedicating that I will love you. I will always love you song to them. Like this is dedicated to a very special couple. You know who you are. And Steve and DJ dance. And then the, the night is magical. Like everything else aside, you know, push it out of the way. It's just you and him together on the dance floor as it should have been. Yes. This was a beautiful episode. I really, really liked it. I am looking forward to Fuller House, the prom episode, because, I mean, I know it's not going to be as pivotal as this, because, of course, 
the kids, Ramona and Jackson, are only about 15 years old. But still, I mean, compared to 1993, when you have... The guy who plays Steve, Scott Winger, is probably all 18, 19 at the time. So I don't know why. It's like seeing this is like they seem so much older. Excuse me, probably because when I watched this in 1993, I was 10 going on 11 watching two people that were at least five years older than me. But looking now, watching Fuller House, and I think the reason the kids look so young is not just because I'm over twice their age. I think it's the fact that the seasons of Fuller House are so short that even though the kids are getting older because it's four, what, three years? From, it debuted in February of 2016. It is now... May of 2019 and I believe it was what last fall or December when season 4 aired and they had the prom episode I think it's even though the <clears throat> let me take something to drink here mm. I think the fact that like I said they don't have as many episodes but the kids just I, you know what I'm just going to chalk it up to age I'm just older and I think that maybe so. Those kids look so young compared to... I think it's from two different viewing points. Of me being 11 or 10 or 11. Seeing DJ and Steve. Who are five years old. I think that's why it was so... And I grew up watching that show. Versus me watching Fuller House. I'm going to be more into the adult stories. Than I am the kids stories. But Alright I gotta give out some awards. So, I'm going to go with for the male category, because it's prom and, you know, the guys and the girls. So, for the male category, I'm definitely going for Steve getting the, the best wardrobe of the episode. Best dressed. And runner-up's going to be Jesse. I really liked his cream white jacket. His suit jacket. Um, for the ladies, DJ, of course, is going to get it because her dress was beautiful. I loved her hair and her makeup was really great. Runner up, it's going to be Kimmy. I thought Kimmy's dress was pretty wild. Um, I don't normally give out, well, actually, I do give out worse dress. I'm going to go with Rachel, not just because I did not like her character, but, um, that dress that both the girls wore was not that great and she didn't really look that great in it either it was just meh the only thing it had going for it was um the um this the see-through like ripped thread type look which didn't really help it that much i also want to do run uh, kimmy's jacket was awesome loved it loved it I hope that Paul eventually will drop Rachel like a bad habit. Like, guy, there are better and worthier girls that will treat you with the respect that you deserve. Now, for Fuller House, Season 4, Episode 12, entitled Prom, 
Prom night brings big problems for Jackson and Ramona. Meanwhile, a power-hungry DJ is taking her role as head chaperone. Oh, she's the chaperone this time around. <laughs> she's taking it a little too seriously. Joey and Fernando duel over a chili cook-up. I remember that because they were having Max... And I thought Stephanie and maybe Jimmy eating their chili to see which one's which. You know, as far as which one's better. So that's a fun little B story. Um, of course, being season four has not been released on DVD. So I will be watching it on my phone. So I gotta make sure I have a full battery. And we get a reprise from Gia. <clears throat> um... I follow Marla Sokoloff on Instagram, and she was saying something about, remember the time I fooled you all that I was a soccer mom? Remember Gia's first appearance in the Girl Talk episode of Fuller House? And I'm just thinking, like, oh, she's saying how she's a soccer mom, and she's running for a charity, but then later she reappears, and she's still the bad girl. Instead of cigarettes, she's vaping. She's trying to get Stephanie. It's like the fla it's like uh, a nod to the Fast Friends episode. But Gia is Gia. She has not changed. She's got a teenage daughter named Rocky. She's a single mother, just like her mother. Which then we know Stephanie, even though she had a decent influence on Gia, like they did become friends. Gia's still Gia at the end of the day. She's going out with guys. I don't like the fact that the show put her with Matt. Which, no one, I mean, I like Matt and everything. And, you know, he had a girlfriend named Crystal and everything like that for like a hot second. But, which is fine him being paired with someone else. Because you know we want DJ and Steve endgame. But did you have to put Matt with Gia? That is like a sock to the stomach. Like, you can't control your ex-dates. But, and I know that Gia and and DJ were never friends. When on Full House did DJ and Gia ever interact? They didn't. They never interacted. They never had a scene together. Other than that time, um, Stephanie's Wild Ride, when Gia is asking Stephanie, like, hey, come out with the, these two boys we picked up at the mall in their car. The only thing she says to DJ, Gia does, is says, I thought your sister was cool, and then she left. Because uh, DJ was going to tell Danny that Stephanie, 13-year-old Stephanie, was hanging out with 16-year-old boys who had a car. So... That is the only interaction I can believe of Full House, so. Alright, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Friday. Let me look up real quick and see if I can uh, find out any promposals for 20... Like, some of the good ones that have been done. Oh, here we go. This one's kind of nice. It says, Best Promposal Ideas for 2019. And this article is by Promise. Mm. Sorry, I... Uh... I actually bought a popcorn bucket today, and I was eating some popcorn on my way home. That has, um, I, I like to put the uh, popcorn seasonings on it. Um, one side has white cheddar, the other side has the, the, um, the caramel. And I had a popcorn, um, kernel what have you thing in my table. Okay, <laughs> you guys don't need to know that. Alright, promposals don't have to be your typical will you go to prom with me scenario. If you think outside the square a little bit, there are extra creative, unique, and unexpected ways to ask someone for prom. 
The list here is just to give you some ideas. You can add your own creative touch as well. Dogs are a boy's best friend. Girls find it hard to resist dogs, which is why this can be the most new unique and adorable promposal you can think of. Of course, the recipe requires a well-trained dog who considers you as the most important person in their life. Easier said than done. Alright, there are several ways you can use your four-legged friend. You can try having him walk inside the room wearing a shirt with the words girl's name prom. You can also try tying some balloons on the dog with the same words written on the... Um... I I don't know about the balloons. Dogs can easily get frightened. I listened to an audiobook where um, a guy who put some balloons on a German Shepherd's collar and it freaked out and ran off and they couldn't find the dog for a few days. So I'd be hesitant to put something like that on a dog. A dog is going to see that and wonder what it is, try to snap at the balloon. I, I don't know. It would be cuter if you can get the dog to go directly to the girl you want to ask, possibly with some flowers carried in his mouth. See, this all requires a lot of training. Really, the possibilities are endless and incredibly. I like the idea of putting a shirt on a dog or, like, putting, like, a, a box with, like, a ring or something with a note inside that says, will you go to prom with me? The TV or commercial sign promposal. TV and commercial signs are guaranteed to stand out when you ask someone for prom, especially if you can make sure that the person you ask for prom sees the message live. For this promposal, simply pay a company to display your sign or do it for free by showing the promposal sign yourself and propping it in front of the camera. It almost always works, even though the other person may feel a bit embarrassed or awkward in the presence of other people. Last year, a guy had the idea of sweeping in on a horse and asking his girl to prom a true knight-like promposal. Custom bracelet and flowers proposal. Let's see. Some guys had the idea to ask a girl from prom, or by gifting her a bracelet that writes prom. See, that's a nice one. I like that. Lockers and balloons promposal. Okay. Sandy beach promposal. That sounds nice. Even though it's still May. It's still a little chilly. Unless you live like on the west coast in like California or Florida. That'd be cool to do. Um, Prank call promposal. Oh my goodness. Okay. Ball promposal. The daisy flower yes or no promposal. Personalized message t-shirt. The pet gift proposal. Pigs fly. One boy sent a box to this girl with the words, I will ask you to the prom when pigs fly. Girl opens the box and guess what's inside? Pink balloons drawn with pig faces rise to the ceiling as if they're flying. Okay. Book prom proposal. If Oh! For the bookworm in you, the girl you like happens to love books, then agree, or uh, then try using this creative tool to get her to agree. I'm going to turn this thing off because uh, it doesn't need to be on. This was done by a boy in the 80s, and it definitely got results from the girl he liked. Just choose a book you know the girl would love, write something on the first page, and or it says, don't go directly to a prom question. Instead, start off with something like this. Hey, Sarah, want to learn something? Go to page 22. I think you are really cute. How cute? Go to page 35. Really, really cute? I think you're the prettiest girl in class. Page 55, please. And so on and so forth. Until you finally ask her to the 
to the prom on the last page. This not only makes your prom proposal very unique, but also gives your book lover crush. I would have loved that. I would have loved it. Food is always the answer. Promposals with food are a little risky. What if she is on a diet? Uh, let's see. You can use a number of food items like cupcakes, pizza, french fries, chocolate, cappuccino, basically anything that tastes good. The food can be styled to have the words prom written on it or perhaps something more elaborate. The fake explosives proposal. Really? Interesting. Social media. Oh my god, my mouth is getting so dry. Mm. Here we go. One boy got Breaking Bad star Brian Cranston to ask his crush for him on prom via YouTube. Oh, that's cool. Another boy made a video posted it on Facebook. Another one drew his prom proposal through Draw Something and got it automatic. Yes. That's a, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is really cool. See, none of this stuff was bad. I mean, as far as social media stuff wasn't around when I, um... But there was nobody special that I wanted to go to prom with. Like I said, I didn't even go. But you know what? If you're listening to this and you're in high school and you're looking for some prom proposal ideas, well, I just gave you a list, which is from the article Promise. So go check it out. Or you can even go to YouTube and type in prom proposal ideas. Just a lot of fun stuff. So, all right, everybody. Like I said, have a great, great week. I have you. Ha- I hope you all have awesome, awesome weather. It's still pretty overcast here. So, yeah, just doing what we can. It's May now. We are away from the snow. So, yay for that. All right, I'll be back next week with Fuller House Prom. Bye-bye, everybody.